0: I'm Archbishop Alan Vigneron of the Archdiocese of Detroit, and this is the Eyes on Jesus podcast.
1: Hello. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Archbishop Vigneron. We record a new episode every month. Archbishop, how are you today?
0: Doing fine, thank you. It's great to see you. Great to be with you. Thank you, Mary.
1: Yes, I'm excited today to introduce Laura Knauss, the Superintendent of Catholic Schools. Instead of Mike joining us today, Laura is going to join us for a conversation as we dive into the the work of our Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit. So, Laura, I would love it if you would start by telling us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Barry. Uh, Thanks, Archbishop, for having
2: me on your your podcast. I'm very happy to be here. Um, As Mary said, my name is Laura Knauss. I serve as the superintendent of Catholic schools here in the Archdiocese of Detroit. I came to the Archdiocese in uh, July of 2019 as an associate superintendent. So prior to that, I had been a Catholic school principal Mm -hmm. and a teacher in Catholic schools, both in Lincoln, Nebraska and in Chicago, Illinois. So came to my vocation in Catholic education a roundabout way. I studied business in college, okay. and then I uh, had worked at a Catholic summer camp in Wisconsin that really led me to, to ponder uh, whether the Lord was calling me to teach. And um, through that, I, I was able to complete a service teaching program in Chicago. And then um, studied administration at the University of Notre Dame, uh, following a master's in elementary education at So you're Loyola. a domer. I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also Jesuit educated at Loyola Look in Chicago, at that. So. <laughs> so I have a little little variety there. So. That's
1: fantastic. Okay. Well, um, you are a blessing to the archdiocese of Detroit. Yeah. I uh, have the pleasure of knowing you personally, and tell you all the time what a gift I think you are for something so important as the education of young people in this archdiocese. So thanks happy. for joining us. I'm happy to be here. Before we kind of dig into Catholic schools, I wanted to. ask ask both Archbishop and Laura, maybe we'll start with you Archbishop Vingran. How has your month been? How was your Christmas? How was your New Year's?
0: Well, it falls into a couple of things. One about the holidays and uh, Christmas was great. I celebrated the midnight mass at Blessed Sacrament and was able to give with that privilege a bishop has Able to give the apostolic blessing, which was, uh, I'm always a joy to offer the plenary indulgence to the congregation. Spent uh, Christmas Day with my brother and his wife and some other of our family members. And uh, the Saturday after Christmas was our family get-together, which was a great joy. Fantastic. That's uh, the holiday part. The yeah. other part is that uh, January the 5th is the anniversary of my being named the Bishop of Detroit. So St.
1: John Newman's Feast Day, yes? I, that's Look right. Look at that. So okay. that
0: was uh, 15 years ago. Wow. And I got a lot of uh, very nice... Uh, words of congratulations on the occasion. So. how
1: fantastic. it is such a blessing that the Lord brought
0: you back here. so well, that's what my mother thought
1: <laughs> i'm I think I've told you before as a mother, if one of my sons is called to the priesthood, that would be one of the challenges, right if they they move up this line of leadership and perhaps aren't near home so that was nice of the Holy Spirit to do for your mom.
0: And the Blessed Virgin. That's yes. <laughs> My mom gave the credit to Our Lady.
1: I love that. I love it. What about you, Laura? How was your Christmas and New Year's? Christmas
2: was wonderful. I was able to spend quite a bit of time with my family. They, uh, My parents live in Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I have one brother who lives there and another out of state as well, and a niece who lives in Kansas City. So we were all able to gather for, for Christmas, which was wonderful. And New Year's, I had a lot of good time with family and friends. Fantastic. Uh, How long great. were you home? About 10 days, actually, which was really, really nice. Um, Being able to work remotely has really helped Really sure. helped me be able to extend some of the time that I'm able to spend uh, to spend at home. So even if I don't have the time off, I'm still able to to work and uh, to be to
1: be at home with them. Yeah, so, that's so great. great. Those extended visits you get to, I think, really dig into relationships versus the quick in and outs when you live when your family's out of town. So Definitely. fantastic. All right, I have to ask you both, Archbishop. I think I know your answer because I think I remember from past episodes. But uh, are either of you New Year's resolution people? Not me. Not you. None. <laughs> yes. What about you, Laura? I usually have some
2: things that I try to. Just try to change. I think it's a good time to to reset. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm real firm or yeah. staunch on my resolutions, but but there are certain things that I'm just like eh, I think I think I might need to get rid of that in my life. So, yeah, like social media. Sure. I, that's one that I think um, I have I have found over the times where I haven't. Uh, Kind of participated in social media. That it's been better for yeah. my life, so yeah. I'm no more no more social media. Look at you! Me. That's that's big. Gonna, you're gonna have to update me. In, yeah, I have to real update real life, you on my life, uh, the Wilkerson that's, family. <laughs> that's
1: fantastic. Our um our parish, the priests at our parish, put together an Exodus 90 group, which is a discipline um, that includes prayer and a lot of sacrifice to kind of uh, gear your lives towards virtue for men. And so uh, the three priests are doing it at our parish. It's very intense. One of the aspects is cold showers, and so my husband was like, "I'm not doing cold showers," so he decided not to do that. But there's Companionship um, magnify ninety, and so you take on different disciplines. And I feel like it's time to reset my. I, I like the reset moments of like New Year what is the Lord calling me of in terms of discipline and things like that. So diving into that a little bit too. Well, obviously our listeners can probably guess that since Laura is here, today's topic is gonna be Catholic schools. And uh, it's something that as a mother who has five children in Catholic schools, I deeply care about and want to see the success of Catholic schools in our archdiocese, uh, knowing under the leadership of you Archbishop Vigneron and you Laura Knaus, we are so blessed. And so we're gonna kind of dig into the mission and where we're at as Catholic schools where we see us going and just kind of have a good discussion about the education of our young people through our school system. Good? Okay. Fantastic. So maybe the first question um, that I will ask the Archbishop, if that's okay, I would love to hear from you kind of an overview of the Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit. So um, maybe that would have been best to ask Laura, but uh, we'll ask you, do you have uh, some of the uh, kind of statistics of our Catholic schools and where we are at?
0: Well, Laura gave them to me, so I can tell you.
1: <laughs> it's something to be proud of. So, yeah, why don't you share those with us?
0: About uh, 27,000 students. Uh, we have 54 uh, elementary schools, eight uh, high schools. These are sponsored by uh, our parishes and uh, inter-parish schools. We also have 19 non AOD Catholic schools, but they are s- certainly Catholic schools. Sure. fifteen high schools and four elementary schools sponsored by religious orders or by uh, uh, boards of uh, parents who have put their schools together. So, I think we. I mean, we're not not anywhere near where we were in the fifties, of course, mm-hmm. but we're trying to hold our own, uh, make healthy what we've got, sure. and, and try to grow. I don't yeah. know, Laura, if you have any. Comment about those numbers, or
2: no? I think I think it's uh, I think the number of schools that we have and the number of students we have I think really speaks to the reach of our schools. Yeah. So we have we have twenty seven thousand. Over twenty-seven thousand students who walk into a, a Catholic school near the in that's Detroit awesome. every day, yeah. and I think the opportunity that comes with that is is so important for us to recognize, mm-hmm. and just the importance of the apostolate of Catholic schools to to the to the Church and to the ability to further the mission of the Church. I think that's wonderful. Yes. Laura,
0: maybe uh, this would be a moment as we before we start talking about mission, to just talk about where we are today in light of COVID. I think you have some good news about. Uh, Post COVID, COVID and post COVID, right? Yes. Yeah,
2: so as everybody in the world experienced, COVID was was a very trying time. And for, right at
1: the beginning yes. of your job here
2: at the Archdiocese. Yes, yes. <laughs> I um I had been here for a few months, sure. And yes. Just in time for COVID. Um, so that was that was an immense challenge. Yeah. I'm very grateful for the time that I had from July until March of that year to build relationships mm-hmm. with our principals, and to understand the schools a little bit more than when I first when I first got here. I didn't know where I was or mm-hmm. where anything was or who anyone was, and so that time prior to COVID. Was, was really helpful in being able to establish relationships, to be able to serve um, when this crisis hit. Um, so we we now have more students in our Catholic schools than we did in the 2019-2020 school year. So wow. we have more students than than pre-COVID, which I think is remarkable. I think yeah. I think that really is a testament to our, our school leaders and our teachers mm-hmm. in our schools who just gave everything of what they had during COVID in this crisis. It was, how do we serve our children? And I think that that has really, that being foremost in, in the minds of teachers while they were enduring their own um, challenges and our principals while they were in, enduring their own challenges at home too really has spoken to their commitment to this ministry mm-hmm. and to their dedication to the students that they serve which I think is just really is beautiful and so um, the opportunities again we have, we have this growing population in our schools and we have so many people who have come to us because of that COVID response I think because they are seeking mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that's an important opportunity to, to make sure that we don't forget that we have all of these families who have come to us for one reason yes. or another, and we have this opportunity to share with them this this beautiful mission and life with Jesus through our schools. And and mm-hmm. so we just have um, this these families who are new to our schools who maybe had never considered Catholic education prior to mm-hmm. COVID, um, but for some, some reason they were prompted, and it's a real blessing to welcome those
1: families into our schools. Yeah. I have the pleasure of working at Divine Child, which I sometimes bring up here as the director of campus (laughs) ministry. And uh, I will say that's one of the things I say about my position there is that one of the greatest gifts is there's families there. So in seeking with evangelization, going out to the population is so important. It's really hard to do right now, especially with the young church and where we're at for a variety of reasons in this blessing of having, you know, 1500 students that are in our, we have uh, two schools, but there and then their families. And then they're extended families. The the audience is there. And so we get to respond to what the Holy Spirit has done there, hopefully with a quality introduction to the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So yeah, it's really good news, that's fantastic. And I wondered about that too, knowing that a lot of families were seeking education during COVID, so, so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Archbishop, you had referenced maybe talking a little bit about mission. And uh, we had in a document called Unleashing Our Catholic Schools, which we'll talk a little bit about in a few minutes, we, you dove into the mission of Catholic schools. And so I'd love to hear a little bit from your perspective, Archbishop, what, what would you say is the mission of our Catholic education schools? In the Archdiocese.
0: Well, I think the mission of the schools is to help uh, the f- uh, young men and women uh, prepare for their mission in life. Mm-hmm. And that mission is twofold. One is to build up uh, the community, to build up our society, and two, to prepare themselves for the society of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think those are not two uh, divorced realities that they... Uh, they suffuse one another and Mm -hmm. so we have a way of thinking about uh, preparation for life that looks at it in a much richer way than perhaps uh, people outside of a faith context. Mm -hmm. I think think it's about preparing our students for their destiny, Mm -hmm. their temporal destiny and their eternal destiny and to do that at the same time and that what they need to do or learn or to become competent in for their temporal destiny will contribute to their eternal destiny because that's the way we think about the world. The world isn't divided up into two distinct planes. The world is suffused with grace. Mm. that That's why, I mean, you know, we were the church when Jesus founded us and we didn't have schools yet. <laughs> But we wouldn't be the church the way he wants us to be without schools. Mm-hmm. Schools aren't a luxury. Schools are are a mission that we need to take up because of who we are and who Christ is.
1: Yeah. While you were speaking, I was thinking about the holistic approach to the human person, right? And there's no divisions, right? We don't compartmentalize our educational pursuits and our faith pursuits and our pursuits as a family. And again, the school can incorporate all those in such wonderful ways. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything to add about kind of mission? I'm sure you think about it quite a bit uh, as, (laughs) you know, really in a lot of ways, the leader of the execution of how we're doing Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit. What are some things that you think about when you think about mission? I think just to speak to your um, what you had
2: said about all aspects of our lives, I think really to live an integrated life, this mm-hmm. idea that we are not separate from our mind is not separate from our soul. And so this this integration of mind, body, and soul in our Catholic schools, I think I think mm-hmm. our schools have, our schools are. I think, the most important tool that our church has for evangelization. So the mission of the school is the mission of the church, and that's to make Jesus known and yeah. loved. Yeah. And and so we get to do that through teaching math and music and science and all of those things, but this sure. that is primarily the means by which we evangelize. And so we see the school as this tool to move forward the mission of the church, and um, we do that through the the integration of our our. Catholic culture into everything that we do. The way we see the world is with this lens of catholicity, and how we live, and and how we how we see science, how mm-hmm. we see the order that God has created, how we see um, the the manifestation of the human person and their vocation within their particular call. I think that's a really beautiful way for us to, to serve the church for our schools to serve the church because we are, we are, we are a ministry of the church and, and um, to be able to do that for close to 180 days out of the year, 1,098 hours that our students are in the buildings, I think is a tremendous opportunity for, for us um, as educators, but also for the, for the church Mm -hmm. and, and for, um, our students, who hopefully understand what it is to mean, what it means to flourish as a human person, that sure. God created them to be. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: Well, as I read the statistics about young people today, this is uh, one of the great blessings that we offer them in our schools because, I, as I, I see the statistics, they say that one of the great uh, Challenges. One of the great sadnesses about young people today is uh, the depression they experience, the from uh, not having a sense of meaning for what what they're engaged in.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And to be able to explicitly speak to, yeah. God made you. Yes. God loves you for who you are, where you are, and everything. And has a plan for you. Yeah. It's such a beautiful message of hope for yeah. for our young people and for our for our educators who are living. Um, Who are living their vocation
1: to educate as well? Yeah, their creative purpose, right? And being able to instill that. Absolutely. Um, Archbishop, in Unleash the Gospel, you stated that Catholic schools are an apostolate that is the responsibility of all parishes and all Christ's faithful. I know sometimes if, if people don't have children or maybe their parishes don't have a school, they might sometimes feel that the schools are not part of their lens of faith. How do you kind of, what do you mean by that and how do we encourage everybody to be involved in this mission?
0: Well, um, I can't do this by myself, sure. so I, I need everybody, to, uh, all my co-workers, uh, to help me on this. But what sure. do I mean by it? it? Precisely what it says, that, uh, uh, and, and picking up on Laura's point that the, the schools are this indispensable uh, ministry for evangelization. It's a service the church offers. So, I, I need to invite people to uh, think beyond the boundaries that they might ordinarily consider. Right. Now, how we do this, i'm I'm leaving that up at the ground level uh, when the parishes or the families of parishes do their missionary strategic plan. But in the the family strategic plan, I want every uh, family to to articulate how does how do all the parishes in the family? support catholic schools Mm. Um, let me just uh, take this in a particular way i don't often get to talk about but to think about the role that the priests play in this uh, apostolate Mm. uh, i need to help the priests understand that it isn't only the priests in the parish that sponsors the school that uh, has this responsibility it's the responsibility of the whole presbyterate yeah And that's also something very—and that's what I can do as the leader, is to articulate the principle and invite people to continue to uh, find strategies that lead up to the principle. So good. uh,
1: That—what you said earlier, too, in terms of our Catholic schools, it's the mission of Jesus Christ. Like, we've we've been called to this. We can't— leave it aside. Uh, I think it's really, you can meditate on it for a while. Um, and the role of the too, I'm so glad that you highlighted that, all of them. I think when we talk about that, that given audience in our Catholic schools, I say all the time we're really blessed that our priests are in our hallways, giving the kids high fives, knowing their names. And I think stuff like that, I think of my own boys for vocations. Having a familiarity with priests who greet them in the morning say hey give me your best high five that kind of stuff will translate i think down the line and and our bishop, when you talk about the sisters right in your school and how they encouraged your vocation i think having our religious and our priests in our schools are so it's so valuable so valuable it's awesome we have a lot of really supportive priests in our schools,
2: and yeah. I, I'm I'm so grateful for that. Um, yeah. And just their their advocacy for for the ministry of, of our Catholic schools is is really encouraging to me, and it's heartening. Um, and just how do we how do we help them uh, to co- to be able to continue that
1: that support in that, that, that whole is. region and
0: mm-hmm. that whole family? Take Absolutely. And and just to pay tribute to to the priests, this is uh this takes a lot of energy, uh, a lot of effort on the part of the of the priests, to be supportive of schools. And I I want to acknowledge that. I appreciate it. And one of my responsibilities, and I share this with Laura, is to make sure that our schools stay on mission because none of my priests are interested in giving themselves to the flourishing of an alternate system mm. that exists only for its own sake. Uh, we have to be uh, On target, on mission, to merit the kind of, uh, to, to deserve the kind of dedication our priests give to Catholic education.
1: Amen. Absolutely. Laura, the vision um, outlined in the pastoral letter had a particularly strong impact on you, Unleash the Gospel. I remember our first meeting actually was uh, before you began as a superintendent and you talking about Unleash the Gospel and the effect that it had on you uh, before you were even here. How did you come across that document and in what ways did your reaction kind of lead you into this position? Uh,
2: Good question. So I I before um i was preparing to so the the associate superintendent job that i had ultimately applied for in mm-hmm. in 2019 had come to me by way of a, a mentor from the university of notre dame who sent the the job to me and said he'd be great So said no thanks detroit you know it just wasn't really part of my sure. um it just wasn't really on my radar yeah um and, and i mean i knew it, I knew it was here great. um but, but it had never had never been to detroit or yeah, right. um just didn't know a whole lot about it sure. and and then um so I just kind of dismissed that uh, notion, even. And then uh, another friend of mine had sent me the same job opening. I said, okay, well maybe maybe the Lord's speaking it's to in this in some yeah. way. And so, I had a conversation with the superintendent at the time, and that led to an interview. And in preparation for my interview, I, I printed off Unleash the Gospel, and I was reading it, just so that it, you know there were there were so many references in Unleashing Our Catholic Schools to Unleash the Gospel, and I wanted to make sure that I really understood what what par- what place does this ministry have within the Archdiocese of mm-hmm. Detroit. And and so I read I read this vision document for. Uh, for the Archdiocese, and my, my heart was just moved. I don't think there's there's no way to to say uh, to describe it than that. It was just I was I was reading, I was reading, and I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And so yeah. and so that um, ultimately uh, landed me here in the Archdiocese. Yeah, I never would have imagined yeah. <laughs> uh, coming to Detroit, and and I just I felt like the Lord was calling me here for for some reason or another you know right. i think um so the
0: holy spirit was shouting out
2: <laughs> yes and and believe me i was trying to uh i was La-la, i was, I was, to, I was yeah. trying to not listen to that yeah. but um but very grateful my, my time here has been very very challenging um in many ways mm-hmm. um but also many many opportunities for grace and yeah. um so I'm, I'm very grateful for that and just wildly
1: unimaginable uh, yeah. f- five years ago it's nice to take like a little bit of a step back and, and look at kind of the preparations for the synod and then the synod and then unleash the gospel, which I've heard from more than one person outside of the Archdiocese of Detroit that that particular document felt so anointed and is such a good kind of layout. And so to uh, knowing just how much I appreciate the work that you do in the Archdiocese of Detroit, I'm so thankful that that document was written. And now look, I get to sit here with the two of you and have this discussion, what a blessing. Um, you know, we referenced unleashing our Catholic schools, and unleashing our Catholic schools was a strategic vision that included four dimensions or pillars of our effort within our Catholic schools. I was wondering, Archbishop, if you could kind of give us uh, the four different pillars, um, and maybe uh, as we go through them, some examples, Laura, that you can think of how we're living out those pillars. Is that okay?
0: Sure. Awesome. Oh, Mary, happy to follow your lead. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. Great. Well, the four pillars, and we came to these three. Through the uh, the deliberations of the school's council, as I recall, mm-hmm. but uh, proudly Catholic—that's mm-hmm. about uh, our Catholic identity. Uh, academically excellent. I mean, because that's—if we don't do that, then there, uh, we don't have an, a reason to exist as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, accessible to all. This is uh, a long-range journey, but that's—we need to take the first steps on this path to a day when any family that wants this experience for their children will be able to have it. Mm. But we also need to ha- have be sustainable for the future, right. and that has to do with solid governance structure mm-hmm. and the, the personnel and financial resources to uh, keep, keep the, the apostolate going.
1: Yeah, I love thinking about those as kind of four pillars, holding up the institution locally. Uh, Laura, is the archbishop kind of talked about those four, could you maybe speak to some examples of, of things that you're seeing that are, are signs of hope or, or indications that we're on the right path responding to the St. schools, Catholic schools? Sure. I think um, the
2: the first pillar that he mentioned, um, the the proudly Catholic, that's obviously the most important, and sure. so that that is that's critical for us. And I think in the in the Department of Catholic Schools, that is that is our priority is is ensuring that our school leaders are equipped to be spiritual leaders in their schools. Obviously, in 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 cooperation with the priests who are serving in their schools, who who are the the foremost voices on that on the how we're moving the faith forward, how we're moving the Mission forward, but mm. our principals being the day-to-day implementers of that vision and moving that forward. So, so we have we have focused our team and our efforts on the the formation of our principals to ensure that they're equipped. Yeah. Um, and so we've we've instituted different uh, different types of things. One of my favorite is our our annual administrator retreat. So mm-hmm. we have a we have a retreat. For our administrators, um, every year ours is coming up in March. So, anyone out there, please pray for pray for our principals uh, yeah. this this March. It's 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 just an, really an opportunity for for developing and continuing that relationship with Jesus in your own personal life, um, and how that that bears fruit within within our our work in schools, um, and then uh, just how to sustain. Uh, to sustain our own witness of, of faith, um, just providing opportunities for our principals to grow. I think uh, with academics, we have a, a standard system of um, assessing academic uh, achievement and progress. And I think one of, the, one of the benefits that we've seen over the past handful of years is being able to measure progress better mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just where we are. So kind of being able to use the, the, this testing that we, um, that we utilize in a way that helps us show how students are growing. So it's about growth. Mm-hmm. Not just about where you are, um, because of who you are, um, the accessible to all one of the one of the good changes I think we've made is to our tuition assistance program. So mm-hmm. we have a, a needs based financial assistance program for schools in the Archdiocese of Detroit that distributes millions of dollars every year to help um, make sure that our our schools are affordable to families that have financial needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we made some changes in that program that has has been able to distribute more of the money to the families who have the greater need. So great. I think that's been that's really been wonderful. And in the um, some of the governance changes, we've seen the fruit of some some radical changes in that. Um, so it's still a lot of work to do in all of those in all of those areas. But but instituting a different. Um, method of governing our schools has has really shown benefits in a a couple places that we've done it really substantial growth within the schools and and again increasing the opportunity for the school to reach the families that we serve and serving more families um has been really heartening to see but also just there is there is a lot of work to do in every one of those four pillars um to just to make sure that we're meeting all people who who want their children to have a Catholic education, so that there aren't barriers because of learning needs or because of financial needs or whatever the case may be, uh, location. you know, how do we ensure that that our schools are available and accessible and, and affordable? It's just it's a real challenge, but um,
1: one that the Lord has called you to speak to yes. So, um,
0: Mary, yeah. let me let me just say that uh, I th- think of my own role as the the archbishop. Uh, in in a very uh, long-range, strategic sort of a point. point. I think uh, for a very long time, we were simply uh, living patched up with the system we inherited from the 40s and the 50s, and uh, uh, circumstances had radically changed. And what I see uh, Unleash the Catholic Schools about is to stand back and say what are the healthy elements that we've inherited from the dominican sisters the ihm sisters the st joseph sisters the felician sisters all the, yeah. the all of those especially women uh, but i mean i don't want to leave out the christian sure. brothers <laughs> yeah. or the yeah. uh, the jesuits or any of the uh, the other male educators but we inherited a, a something uh, elements that were very sound, but they need to be put into a new system. And I think these four pillars uh, give us guidance about creating a new system uh, in, in what we might call uh, the post-World uh, uh, War II situation.
1: Right, As it's funny that you say that as Laura was speaking. That's what I was thinking about how our culture has shifted so much and how do you respond to that culture. And again, I think these pillars, like you said, they're good markings. To respond in a proactive way, taking what is good, and and running with that. So,
0: and and what we do, I think, uh, you know, for myself as the Archbishop, I th- I think for Laura and her team in, in, in the superintendent's office, we can uh, set out the the parameters of of the path, and then, especially because Catholic schools are such a, a decentralized reality, we look for the uh, creativity of the grassroots leaders, the priests, the, the principals, the teachers, mm-hmm. and the parents mm-hmm. uh, to come up with their contribution to this new, this new system, yeah. this 21st century system of Catholic education.
1: Yeah, and it's essential each of those groups of people take ownership over their call through the Spirit to do this work, right. so that's great. Um, So we kind of talked a little bit about the things that we're doing to renew and looking at these pillars. Um, It would be a Pollyanna-type conversation if we didn't acknowledge that there are very real challenges in the world of Catholic education right now. And I think it's okay to acknowledge those challenges. Um, I don't think it's okay, which sometimes is a temptation of mine, to over-focus on the challenges and ignore the positives. But um, would either of you or maybe both of you speak to some of the challenges that – that we faced as we kind of look at our catholic schools and i know we mentioned culture is one of them what are some of the challenges that you guys would say that we were facing maybe start with you laura sure i think one um that comes to mind first
2: is the the challenge of the lack of practice of the faith across the board with with those that identify as catholics so um is there uh, an active sacramental life um and i think the the schools you know we have we have a lot of catholic families we have non catholic families as well but but w- are our Catholic families practicing the faith? Are we engaged and integrated into the life of the parish? Um, I think that's a that's a real challenge, and I think one that um, speaks to our need to really uh, really focus on on the Catholic culture of our schools. Of how are we reaching to families who maybe have fallen away from the faith, mm-hmm. who are Catholic, or maybe those who aren't. So um, how do we bring them into the sacramental life of the church? I think that's that's our foremost call um, in our in our Catholic schools. So how are we doing that? But I, th- I see that as a as a real challenge because for some reason these families have come to us mm-hmm. and so let's 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 really engage in the sacramental life of the church and i know that that's one of the challenges that our priests experience too is you know we have this um all of the responsibilities that come with with a with a school um and and i want to see the families in in at sunday mass and and so that's right. that's a that's a real challenge um that i think is is top of mind for me at least yeah. don't
0: sense. don't uh, snuff the smoldering wick as the gospel says. Yeah, that's true.
1: Archbishop, what would you say when you look at kind of your work as uh, the Archbishop of our diocese and our Catholic schools, what would you kind of articulate as one of the forefront challenges?
0: Circumstance challenge, uh, a contextual challenge, is that we're uh, countercultural, and that always takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage <laughs> yes, uh, to stand up for an identity that isn't supported by... Uh, by the wallpaper, as uh, Father Ricardo calls it.
1: That's so true, and I think as sometimes our culture moves to be a little more intolerant of uh, of cultural view, it really does take guts. It takes real courage, fortitude, to pursue those type of things. You know, so yeah, that's it's hard work. Mm.
0: And the other one that I know from Laura and her team is yeah. uh, we don't have enough teachers and principals. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I uh, yeah. Yes, it's (laughs) it's, education is is very
2: challenging, taxing work, Um, and I think the 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 human resources that it's it's difficult to have mission focused to find enough mission focused really excellent educators. We have so many in the Archdiocese. We're very blessed with with the, the the. mission focused educators that we have but mm-hmm. but we have, like we have some schools yeah. like mary <laughs> um, guys, some, of <laughs> <laughs> some of the positions in right. our schools have been open and remain open and, right. and for our principal positions too and 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 so and and that speaks to one of the other challenges of resources that we have yes. you know our our um, publicly funded schools can can pay so much more and and we are limited um, in so many ways in in what we're able to provide for teachers again just speaks to their commitment to this ministry yes. in such a beautiful way that I think um, I don't know that we express um, appreciation for those sacrifices that our principals and our teachers and our ministers and our schools really with their lives um, and so many things that they sacrifice in their families and, and what they need to provide um, for them. I think that's a beautiful aspect of, of their commitment to ministry, but but resources, we, we really um, we really uh, need to, to find a way to th- these alternate sources of funding That sure. you know, that's part of um, part of what we need to figure out too is just to make sure that we don't sacrifice or compromise the integrity of anything that we're
1: doing in our schools. Um, we need to have adequate resources yes. for that, which is really, really hard. And I think part of that is including everybody in the Archdiocese of Detroit to the mission, right? Um, I, I hope it's okay to share. I'm sure it's not something that would be shocking to anybody, but I know several of my friends have chosen not to work in the Catholic school system, so that they can put their kids in the Catholic school system. <laughs> like, wait, that is really weird. Um, but at the same time, there's a bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a limited amount of resources. So I think the more we can kind of collaborate together to think of creative ways to be able to uh, have those quality people people that want to be in our system, but also want to make sure you know that they can sustain their family life. It's an interesting it's an interesting challenge that has to be on the forefront of your minds, I'm sure. Um, so yeah. Challenges are hard to speak about, especially when they seem overwhelming sometimes, but there's also some really massive wins i can speak just for my experience every time i've seen and i've seen it multiple times a young person who brings their family either into the fold of the catholic church for the first time or back to the fold of the catholic church because of their experience in catholic schools it's like this is what we're doing this is why we're Mm -hmm. doing it um what would you guys when you think of what are some of the wins that you're just so proud of when it comes to the catholic school system what would some of those
0: be Having Laura as the superintendent—I mean,
1: Archbishop Vigneron. Yes, I and I actually really I, I tell people that, and I've said it to you. You probably got so sick of it. I just think having such a disciple right in this position is such a gift. So yeah, we'll take that as a win. Well, thank you. That's that's very that's very kind of you. Yeah. Um,
2: I I really do believe the Lord brought me here, and and the team that I serve mm-hmm. with, um, and you you know. Um, uh, related to one of them. Uh, which oh yeah, is, that's which right. She, she's amazing. Yes, but we just have the most most right. remarkably talented team yeah. serving in the Department of Catholic Schools. So that that is a that I think is that gives me so much encouragement just knowing the people that we are able to work with to sure. serve the principals. And I see that when I when I'm able to um, meet teachers in the archdiocese, I think the, the richness of their discipleship and our principals the their their lives of service to the church through Catholic schools is a real is a real win, but there's one one particular parent that I spoke with who who is um, at one of our schools, and I was asking her to serve on uh, on a board, and I didn't really know her. She came recommended, and and yeah. and I had this beautiful conversation with her about how her sending her child to this school allowed her to. Um, discover her faith and now her her family is so deeply integrated into the life of this parish. She just kept going on and on about all the parish things that they're involved with and it was because of the school. And I see that with our schools that um our high schools that bring young people in through their um, their version of the OCIA program right. or families that that join OCIA because of the school that the the, um, the child coming home and saying, "Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this." And, yep. and parents are just kind of this recognition of oh maybe I don't know that much about that sure. and that that sparks that yes. sparks something in them that that has always been there but but needed that spark to to reengage them in in a life in the church and yeah. that's that's what brings me motivation and joy and and um, the encouragement really to continue through very very difficult um, challenges within the, the
1: messiness of working with with people sure so. yeah. Um, Laura, since becoming the superintendent, you've uh, led a renewal of sorts, truly, in our Catholic school uh, department, including several new hires and at least one new position, uh, a person that I know quite well, uh, my old boss, closely tied to one of the four pillars we've just discussed. Um, can you share with us a little bit about those changes, maybe sure. some of the positions that you've integrated and, and how that's working out? Sure. So we have
2: um, we have associate superintendents who who serve and we have kind of two categories of associate superintendents so we have regional associate superintendents who have a specific number of schools that they're the direct contact for and and that's who who the principal can reach out to for any sort of administrative um issues or uh challenges or just kind of whatever they need guidance or help or or or, um any sort of accompaniment with yeah. um, school issues, and and all three of those regional associate superintendents have served as principals before too. So th- so they are they are focused on uh, kind of their generalists, if you will, um, serving the schools and just again remarkable experience and talent um, in in the that that group of people who Absolutely. who serve. And they also run our new principal academy. Um, so uh, Kim does that. She does a wonderful job with just walking with our first year principals mm-hmm. to be able to support them and the of the job, but also just this this cohort, this cadre of, of encouragement along the way. Yeah. <laughs> You're- First year as a as a leader in anything is, is really challenging. So yes. that's a great opportunity. We have a a, a formation program for aspiring leaders um, who are teaching in our Catholic schools that may want to who may feel a call to administration. So um, Eric runs that. It's a it's a wonderful program, and Dan contributes to all to contributes to all of these these efforts that we're moving forward. But we also have content specific um, associate superintendents. So curriculum instruction um, and assessment. Um, Finance, so school finance and federal programs. So mm-hmm. um, May and Pam serve in those roles respectively, and then um, we started a, a new role. We've had most of those roles in some capacity prior to this year, but um, established a new role, an associate superintendent for Catholic culture. So John uh, Brayer serves in that role now, and just that was a way. And I'm grateful for the for the ability to um, to hire folks, you know, to really be able to to resource our department in a way to serve the to serve the schools that wouldn't have happened without your support um, and the support of of the of the curia, and so I, I'm very very grateful for that. Um, and and John serves in his role as um, the associate superintendent for Catholic culture, just laser focused on how are we yeah. how are we living Catholic culture in our schools? How are we? How is every practice oriented towards the faith? How is every everything we're doing oriented in that direction? And um, that's that's my work too um, mm-hmm. as superintendent. And so to have John as a co-worker in that is just really he's incredibly talented and yeah. he has he has gifts that I don't in yeah. um, ways to to serve our. Our schools in just really beautiful ways um so i'm i i have in the hiring process we knew we needed these these resources to be able to serve our schools and our priests and our principals well and um Throughout the the course of the the hiring and the interviewing, I mean, with with every one of them, uh, the first one I was like, "There's no, there's no way he's going to take that job," like yeah. you know. And, and again, it's right. it's the it's the finances, it's yep. the you know all of this. And then then the first one happened, and I I actually it was it was funny. I was I was driving when I was talking to him when he accepted the job. Yeah. This was this was Dan, and uh, actually I don't know if I've ever told him this, but um, as soon as I got the call, I was like, "I gotta I gotta go." Pray. So I like drove out to Plymouth to their Eucharistic Adoration chapel. It's just like I gotta go. And so and then it just and then same thing with Pam. I was like I don't think she's gonna take this job. And then she did. And then yeah. and then John. I was like I don't think he's gonna. And then he did. And yeah. and just the team that we've already had in place too. It just it has been very clear to me from the beginning that God has brought these people to serve at this time in this capacity. And that's it's it's very humbling for me. Mm-hmm. Um and just a just a an, a recognition of like I need to be able to um. Be prayerful enough to see how they can live into that call within our team, and and um, yeah, it's just remarkable. And Aaron, I think we just have and Vic and his his team and yeah. Mike and Stephanie, like everyone is. We just have such a tremendous group of people. Um, so it's it's really again humbling and heartening.
1: Yeah. As a, uh as somebody that works for the schools but also more as a mom who, who really needs this system to thrive because i do see it as an indispensable tool in my tool belt of, of hopefully participating in raising saints it is so hopeful that the archdiocese of detroit has invested in that way and that the team that you've put together to really be like i believe in these people to to do good work and so thank you for your yeses and for your prayer i think discipleship sometimes when we're in the vineyard and we're working, we forget that like the Lord wants our hearts and he wants us to just be docile to what he wants to do. And the the more we can submit to that, the more good he can do. And I think uh, both of the faith leaders that I'm sitting here with do that all the time. And I think that's what sets us a little bit apart. In a really cool way, so thank you. Um, I do want to switch. We're getting. uh, We're getting this. This episode is becoming a little (laughs) long, which is fine. But I want to talk really briefly about uh, Catholic Schools Week. So uh, I love Catholic Schools Week as a mom, except maybe that they make us do different outfits every day because that's challenging as a mom. (laughs) Uh, Just kidding, uh, principal. Um, On our last episode on schools in 2022, it was timed. To coincide with Catholic Schools Week, and once again, uh, this episode is uh, time to coincide with Catholic Schools Week. So, um, would you maybe, uh, Archbishop uh, Laura, do you want to talk a little bit about what Catholic Schools Week is, and kind of what the theme is, and and maybe we'll ask you, Archbishop, to talk about how uh, we're going to do this as an archdiocese, the activities we're going to do. So, yeah,
2: great. So, Catholic Schools Week is a week set aside that every <laughs> every Catholic school in in the United States celebrates this same week. It starts on the last Sunday of January every year, and kind of runs runs through the subsequent week, and is just a a way to highlight the importance and the beauty of our Catholic schools from the perspective of the church. It's also a great time for us to honor and recognize all of the people that are part of this apostolate. So to recognize and appreciate our priests, our volunteers, our staff members, our, our support staff at the school, our teachers, our principals, our Archbishop, our campus ministers, our counselors, everybody who really um, has to work together in order to to move this uh, to move the apostolate forward to really appreciate and celebrate them and to and what what makes our Catholic schools unique and special. So there are a lot of special masses, service projects, a lot of ways that that we can live our faith um, in in beautiful ways. Um, I think there are some other other celebrations and things that 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 happen to traditions. A lot of um, athletics, uh, especially in our elementary schools, like so, sure. you know, eighth grade versus teachers basketball. Yeah. Yes, or volleyball, things. those those yes. types of those types of events, which are just fun. I yeah. think I think part of um part of uh, one of the marks of our, our, our the fruitfulness of any apostolate is joy. Yes. And so so to be able to um to to celebrate just being a community too, I think is really is really important. So some of the events are, are based on that. I I like when I was a principal, I like to focus more on what makes us special and let's do those things. Sure. Um there weren't a lot of Dressed. I had a lot of silly sack days uh, silly when sock. I was principal. But. Oh, oh, all the grades are different, too, so <laughs> they are I need a chart so.
1: to keep They're track of it. No, so. to be honest, Divine Child does a really good job not making it too much because <laughs> the efforts of dress down days sometimes, Archbishop, <laughs> can be a little challenging to the domestic church. Um, okay, uh, Archbishop, do you want to talk a little bit I about I can talk
0: a little bit about yeah, sure. uh, the cathedral celebration yes. uh, that this year is going to be on Thursday, the 1st of February with a mass at the cathedral at 10.30 in the morning. And uh, there'll be delegations from the schools. There are awards. And this year, uh, Bishop Battersby and Bishop Monfortin are going to concelebrate that liturgy. And it's a way to, uh, it's kind of a, 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 ca- a capstone for all of the, uh, the grassroots initiatives that Laura's talking about. Seems to me, Laura, one of the reasons this is timed is this is around the time of year when we're asking people to think about uh, having uh, their children in the schools. Am I correct? That's part of what's going on here.
2: Yes, absolutely. So part of the part of the celebrations usually are open houses uh-huh. to really reach out to prospective parents. And I would I would ask anyone who's who's listening to if you know a family who who is maybe looking, if you know that they're seeking, maybe just reach out and say, hey, you know, am I, my parish or my my they parish in the within the family of parishes has a school. Here are some opportunities for open houses. It's just a really great way to um, to show what opportunities there are in our schools. And I think COVID gave us an opportunity because people came in the doors, yeah, right. um, and, and and didn't leave, which I think is beautiful. They stayed. They stayed with us because they saw what what we had to offer. But I love the um, the mass at the at the cathedral too. It's a way for our students to see. This is the seat. This is the seat of the Archbishop. This is the seat of the of the Archdiocese. And this is this what we're doing at our Catholic school. Is bigger than just our Catholic school, and so it's a, an opportunity for everyone to gather with our with our with our bishops, with our with our leaders, to be able to really celebrate um, so to, to celebrate that unity. I think is very important. But but if you if you're listening and you're at a parish that doesn't have a school, find the closest school and, and see when their open houses and, and go. Even if you don't have a student, mm-hmm. go check out the school and see mm-hmm. what they're about. I think that that would be a great way to really see firsthand. Yeah, no, that's a great
0: idea. Even if you don't have uh, the uh, the prospect of, uh, of mm-hmm. a student yeah come and see what you're come sponsoring absolutely yes. yeah I think it'd be wonderful. G- you give to the csa you've mm-hmm. given to uh. Uh, the uh, the endowment, the stewards' endowment. You're, you're absolutely. This is something you're you're invested in.
2: Yes, and just a, pr- a particular ask for prayers for that week too. Yeah. Uh, just in in any time, anytime you pray, just remember our Catholic schools and our our teachers, our priests, our principals, um, all of us in the department, too, everyone who's ministering in our schools, just to that we can be renewed yeah. um, ourselves and the mission and the, the apostolate can be renewed too. I think that. Um, you know, Unleash the Gospel speaks about our, our parishes, our movement forward, spirit-led and radically mission-oriented, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to take some, some, some changes, but, but the Spirit will lead that. I believe that. That's the only reason I'm here, yeah. um, and that I believe God brought the people here um, to, to, to serve in our schools, and so we need help. Um, we need help on the spiritual front, too, yeah, so, right? so say a prayer, maybe right that's now, nice. just for, for our
1: schools. Yeah, amen. Um. Okay, so I'm going to ask one last question and then final thoughts, and I'm going to ask uh, two different, two, uh, different question to each of you. Uh, Laura, I'm going to ask you, uh, what is your vision for our Catholic schools in five years? And Archbishop Vigneron, I'm going to ask you in 50 years, what you, in your dream, what would you like to see happening with our Catholic schools? So we'll start first with Laura because you get the 50 years, so you get a long-term vision. Five years from now, what would you like? What's your vision of where our schools are at? I know it's a hard one. Those are hard questions. You can do it. It is. Yeah. Um,
2: I would love in 5 years for us to be able to point to our schools and say not say there's so much potential there hmm. to to be the vibrancy for the church but that they are that there are that our families are so deeply ingrained in the in the life of the parish in our school and and that hmm. they are going out um so just this that active lives of discipleship that are transforming both the church in Detroit but also society. I think that there's such a need, as Archbishop spoke about earlier, there's such a need for there to be a place of hope. And I think our schools can be that for the greater society, Um, which again, just brings more people to Jesus. That brings more people to Jesus. So I think I would love for for our schools to be spirit led, radically mission oriented in a way that is, we see the transformation of the church and of um,
0: society.
1: Amen. Archbishop Vigneron, 50 years from now.
0: Well, I'm going to count the 50 years from Synod 16. I like it. Good. <laughs> so that'll be uh, 2066. Oh, and a generation.
1: <laughs> it would take a generation. Uh, oh. I remember I was talking about the generational work of the Synod. And
0: I would like uh, in that uh, 66, 2066, for the Archbishop and the Presbyteral Council and the Pastoral Council to look back and say, you know, they started us on a great path, and it's borne tremendous amount of fruit. Mm. Uh, they thought it was going to be nearly impossible, but the <laughs> Holy Spirit has made it possible. And we we give God praise and thanks that he set us on this path and that he's brought us to this success. That's what I would like to see.
1: Amen. Amen. Um, Fantastic. Uh, What I'd like to do now is I'd like to move into some of our questions, if that's okay. Um, And what we do every single month, Laura, I'm I'm sure you're an avid listener, so you know this, but every month we ask some questions from the faithful in the Archdiocese of Detroit. We started asking students to submit their questions, and I really enjoyed that process. And so I'd like to start first with a question from Stella, who is in eighth grade. Stella asks you, Archbishop, what is your favorite type of music to listen to? And do you have a favorite song?
0: My favorite type of music is symphonic music, and uh, my favorite piece to listen to, especially when I need to uh, gather my thoughts a little bit, is Ralph Vaughan Williams' Lark Ascending. But I also like uh, the music that was uh, sort of folk in inspiration from the time I was a college student, Mm -hmm. so I like Judy Collins, and I like uh, Simon and Garfunkel very much, (sighs) and uh, I'm just such a 60s guy. I yeah. like Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, good. And I also like uh, uh, Motown music. Interesting. And my favorite Motown song is yeah. Pink Cadillac. Okay.
1: <laughs> I like it. I got some, uh, some hits to listen to on my way back to work today. That's fantastic. Simon and Garfunkel is just Classic, are you a Simon and Garfunkel listener? I can tell by your face, maybe not so much. <laughs> not really. She's, no. she's <laughs> too young. <laughs> you gotta dive into it, it's really good stuff. Really. <laughs> All right, uh, our final question is from Vivian in eighth grade. Vivian wants to know, and we haven't asked you this, so I'm curious, who was your confirmation saint? Why did you pick them and when were you confirmed?
0: Um, I was confirmed in the sixth grade in March by then auxiliary Bishop Donovan, who became eventually the Bishop of Toledo. Uh, I took uh, the name St. John Vianney, and why did I do it? Because in the sixth grade, I wanted to be a priest, and I knew that he'd be my patron.
1: Wow, that's cool. Look at that. That's very, very, very cool. Well, Archbishop, we love to uh, end this podcast. Usually, when Mike is here, Mike would ask you what we can pray for you for during this upcoming month.
0: Well, it's Catholic Schools (laughs) Month, so let's pray for uh, all of the intentions that Laura articulated, especially... Let's pray for our uh, leaders in, in this apostolate, I think, and, and our students, of course. Amen. Fantastic.
1: Archbishop, would you end us with a blessing?
0: May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever.
1: Amen. Amen. Stay tuned for the next episode of Eyes on Jesus, a new episode every month. And if you enjoyed listening, you might also enjoy Detroit Stories, a podcast from the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find it on your favorite podcast app.